What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toys and Ford. I'm Dan, Dan Casper here. C-Bomb is going to be joining me here in just a little bit because it is Wednesday. I'm kind of losing my voice here, so if I sound a little congested, I, I apologize here. So we're just going to do a quick first things first here. We're going to hit the Kurt Benkert stuff with uh, with C-Bomb and Aaron Rodgers, what he had to say about what these two guys had to say about the offense and, and such. So we'll hit that up with C-Bomb. Recorded that before I started losing my voice fully here. So, um, But I wanted to highlight one player on this Packers defense that I think is quietly having a, a good season. You know, we've been focusing so much on the negatives with this team. Losing, you know, these games and questioning the offense, questioning the run defense and, and such. But I think there's one player on this defense that is quietly having a very good season. And that's Rasul Douglas. Uh, Rasul Douglas, if you are a pro football focus believer, uh, if, if you buy into the stats, if you, or I should say, buy into their grades, Rasul Douglas uh, in this last game against, uh, against the Raiders was the highest graded defender in this game. Uh, it was over a 90. Okay, it was over a 90. Easily the, the highest, uh, highest graded uh, player in this game. And when you look at his overall grade this year, Pro Football Focus has him at an 83.7. That's pretty darn solid. Uh, you know, you look at stats, he's got an interception. You know, he's got 22 tackles. That's that's 17th in the league, tied for 17th in the league or somewhere around there. So, I mean, they're not eye-popping numbers. But Rasul Douglas um, is just, you know, that 90.9 grade to give you a, a kind of a basis, that's an elite grade according to Pro Football Focus. That's an elite grade, 90.9. So overall this season, 83.7. To me, I think he is so far displayed as the best tackler in the secondary. He's a bigger corner. He was matched up quite a bit with uh, with with um, Devontae the other night. So all the talk in the secondary, you know, Jair Alexander, uh, the return of Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas has been having a very good season so far, and I know a lot of the talk leading for him heading into the, to the beginning of the regular season was, should he be converted to uh, to, to a safety? And maybe eventually that's going to be a plan. Like next year, you know, Eric Stokes is healthy. He's back, full-time starter. Jair's a starter. Uh, you know, safety's still kind of up in the air. Maybe uh, Rasul Douglas could still be that future safety for the Packers. But right now, he is playing some really good cornerback for, for the Packers, playing that boundary on the outside there. Last year, he was kind of that guy that was tagged to maybe play a little nickel, play a little slot corner, uh, kind of big for that spot, maybe kind of had a little bit of a down year. But back on the outside, he is he's doing well. He, he's doing really well this year, and I think it's really flown under the radar how well Rasul Douglas has played this year. So I just I wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out. And and speaking of pro football focus and, and Packers secondary players uh, out there too. I saw this from uh from Pro Football Focus uh as well. There's one defender right now in in the NFL. Uh I should say one um uh a defensive back. Excuse me. See, I'm losing the voice, so I'm I'm getting my words all mixed up here. But there's one uh, defensive back right now in the NFL that, 
Let me bring it up so I get it right. I want to make sure I I I, <laughs> I say this right here. Yeah, no defensive back in the NFL this season has made as many stops in the run game as Rudy Ford has for the Packers. 16. 16 stops. Rudy Ford, you know, he had the pick. He's got a couple picks so far this year. To me, he is a more inside-the-box, in-the-box, run-support type of safety than, you know, maybe a center field type of safety out there. So, you know, Rudy Ford, don't, you know, he was in a battle for the starting safety spot. He got the job. He's had a little up and down uh, this year, but I think he is better suited playing in the box, helping stop the run, even though he does have a couple picks on his resume. So, all right, let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll get to a conversation with uh, C-Bomb that we recorded a little bit earlier where my voice was a little bit better too. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a driving experience like no other? At Toys and Ford, they're not just selling cars, they're delivering dreams on four wheels. With a wide range of Ford vehicles, you'll find the perfect ride to suit your style and needs. Their expert team is there to guide you through every step of the way, from test driving to financing. They're committed to making your car buying journey seamless and enjoyable. Toys and Ford, where your automotive dreams become a reality. Visit them today and experience the thrill of driving with the best. Shoppers, listen up. Are you ready to save big on all your grocery needs? Why wouldn't you? Well, then head on down to Hy-Vee in Eau Claire where the deals are sizzling hot. Hy-Vee has the fresh produce, top quality meats, pantry staples, and all your favorite brands under one roof. And don't forget about their amazing in-store bakery and deli. Need a quick bite to eat? Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has many different options to choose from at their food court as well. So go ahead and visit Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, your one-stop shop for savings, quality, and convenience. All right, it's Wednesday, which means we are catching up with uh, our good buddy Seabomb. Did we come up with a name for this yet? This segment, this Wednesday morning. I don't know. Coffee with Seabomb. What was that? Coffee with Seabomb. Oh, we we do have coffee. It is oh, early. It is early. One of these mornings, I'm going to slip a little uh, <laughs> Irish cream or something in there for you. <laughs> like, what are you going to put in there? <laughs> a roofie? Well, I mean, come on now. Ooh, no. that's an idea. No. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know, we do this at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So, Great Still times, brother. Up. Yeah. Man. Uh, well, good morning, sir. Good that morning. Was for, that was a little low. It was. Uh, we don't need to get you higher. That's okay. Well, it is 5 a.m. Yeah. Well, I'm starting pretty, to fire you, up, though. You were, you were amped up last week. I was a little amped up. I had up. to lower the volume I, when I was uploading. Yeah, Freaking so. Packers kicked me in the nuts. I'm still down from that. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Uh, probably a good time to have a bye week. Great time to have a bye week. Yeah, it, it, it seems like every year a bye season almost right now. So, ooh, shots already, huh? Yeah, shots across the ball. Okay. That's okay. It's a growing pains. We'll we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I know you and I kind of go back and forth on this with our our uh, fanism or whatever. Uh, you know. Emotions on your sleeve, whatever we want to call it. Yep. Sort of passion. Thing. Passion, as Fandism. you like to say. Um, no, it's it's it's. Uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I might as well just freaking say it. Um, I was watching that game on 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 Monday, and I was just like, "What the hell's going on?" You know, like it was boring. Offense is boring. And I think this is what frustrates me the most, man. And I know this isn't probably the best comparison, or a, or maybe a fair comparison. But I see the 49ers. I see the Dolphins. 
those coaches in the same system that grew up with LaFleur were, you know, all supposed to be a part of the same system. Hell, hell even Sean McVay. I, I see those and I'm like, why are we, why does it seem like it's not even close to that? And I get it. Those teams, you know, better quarterbacks, more veteran, you know, veteran players on there too. Miami's got their speedy wideouts and, in San Francisco, has got Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Rams, Matthew Stafford. I understand all that. But it just looks completely different. And it I does. think that's what frustrates me the most right now is like because I don't understand that. And I don't know if it's players, if it's scheme that's not matching up or what. I think it's a bit of both, and I think you're going to touch on some of the coaching aspect of it. But I think – you hit a, you hit a nail on the head. I think a lot of it is with the players, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, I mean the Dolphins have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and yep. you know, I'm still seeing. And what frustrates me is young wide receivers, youngest team in the league. So I I gotta sit, I try and sit back and realize, you know, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I just want to mm-hmm. see incremental improvements, right? But these the wide receivers get zero separation, mm-hmm. and when they do get separation, and Love hits them in the hands, they drop it, right? And if they are wide open, Love seems to miss them. So there's no no consistency. So I'm hoping by the end of the year we start to see some of that consistency build. Right. And they have zero identity on offense. They can't run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. They can't get the passing game clicking. They, it's like it, it's just it's frustrating. Right. I mean, and for the last almost three decades, we just relied on whoever was back there slinging it to do his thing. Mm-hmm. And the times are changing. Is you know, I mentioned the Dolphins here, and and their offense. I mean, they're setting record numbers right now, and the passing game. But I think it it surprises a lot of people to know too that Dolphins are leading the league in rushing. Right. Not, not only just in passing, they're leading the league in rushing. They Can are. anybody, an average fan, Nate, tell me who the running backs are for for the Dolphins? Probably not. Right. You know, you're you're correct. I I would agree. Uh, you know, the whole Jonathan. They don't need Jonathan Taylor. They didn't need you know because they're they're having success running the damn ball. To where now I'm, I, and I, I love the guy, but do you think AJ Dillon fits within the style of offense what they want to try to do? You know, I feel like they need that Aaron Jones, speed scat back toward, so, sort of player. He's a nice change of pace, but I don't know if he can be that lead running yeah, back. Yeah, he can't. Mm-hmm. Not not in this system. I think they they're looking for the guy like you know Jones who can speed hit the hole, get outside, mm-hmm. split them out, let them catch passes like A-chain or whatever for the Dolphins. Yep. You know, that Even young, McCaffrey or, to an extent, yep. yeah. So I, I don't think A.J. fits the, the scheme so much so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did a good job the other night. He made holes when ran they weren't hard. there. Yeah. He ran hard. And I was I was glad to see that because, boy, he's been taking a beating. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he the Dolphins, the, the 49ers, the, the Rams, they're going with these – speedier more scat back type players and i think that's what the offenses are these days mm-hmm. you know they're um definitely not that you know tennessee titans run it down the throat with derrick henry type offenses, right. and that's what aj Dillon is right exactly that's where and i don't think that's a knock on aj Dillon. you no. just kind of wonder you know and i know there's gonna be well he you know a couple of years ago would when he put up those numbers but i also think uh, he benefited from aaron Rodgers and Devonte adams because you know, you're preparing for those guys, whereas right now, if if I'm a defensive coordinator and, and I'm preparing for Green Bay, I'm not respecting the pass at this point. Yeah, Christian Watson's got speed to take it, but, I mean, I don't respect the quarterback right now until he proves it. 
So yeah. you, you load up the box and stop the run. You gotta, and that right there is part of like what the what, what's helping the Dolphins lead the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. They're not sticking eight guys in the box. No, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they'll beat your ass over the top with a like a yep. drum, you know. So they, you know, it opens up that running game. Mm-hmm. I remember when Tyreek went to Miami, and I was thinking in my head, like, because Miami wasn't anything like they are now, right? And I'm thinking, thinking, you know, why would you leave Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes? I mean. You're not that offense, mm-hmm. but boy, have they built something down there! And yeah, like, boy, he made the right choice because that team—it just shows you load up with speed and you can just yeah. blow the doors off people. It is that offense is fun to watch. It is, it is, and it's just got to make give you nightmares if you're a coordinator because you're right. I mean, you can't prepare to stop the run like the old eight. Like, it seems like it's just a talking point for every coach: stop the run and all. You don't do that with Miami. You can't afford to do that with Miami. No, you just need four Max Crosby's on your yeah, defensive right? line. <laughs> and, and and I know too. Like since we're talking about wide receivers, not to get off on a tangent too, but I know everybody's talking about you know Green Bay offense. You know Aaron Rodgers. Is it Matt Lafleur? You know Matt, Matt Lafleur missing Aaron Rodgers. Can we give some respect too about Devontae Adams? You know how maybe much this team's missing a guy like a Devonte Adams. Oh, big time w- with that. And I feel like he kind of gets lost in that shuffle. It's it's a quarterback driven league and. Obviously, when you point to or when you look at Rodgers and such, you know, it, it's a big loss. But, you know, we just mentioned a bunch of receivers there. Green Bay lost one of the best, if not the best, in the league a couple of years ago. They did. And they, they won eight games the following year after losing him mm-hmm. with Aaron Rodgers. So everybody yeah. wants to, like, jump out with pitchforks on love and this offense and blah, blah, blah. They won eight games last year with the, with the best ever. Right. right. So if – Jordan Love wins nine games, in my opinion. That's a step up over last year. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, it doesn't look great right now at two and three, but they can right. they can write the ship. And I think, I mean, they didn't get smoked, but you know, the Raiders aren't a, a Dolphins or anything. But right. um, I th- I still think they win nine or ten games. I really you do. still think I they still can go do. on that. I run? think they do. This deep, well, other than the fact that Dom Capers or not Dom Capers, I might as well call him <laughs> Joe Barry. I don't even. I got to come up with something else because I hate saying Joe Barry's name. But <laughs> this guy, yeah, it, it kind of hinges on him because that defense should be stopping a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They put the clamps on Adams the other night. That they was did. amazing. And no they weird. did a good job stopping the run. Yep. You defense know, AJ Dillon outrushed him. So defense did enough to win that game. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the touchdowns, pick six. So I mean, the defense did their job. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think too, you know, we can we can point to a couple things. Obviously, it's you know when you have Preston Smith lined up against Devontae Adams, you Jesus probably Christ. have to work on your you know pre-snap. I wanted to adjustments. Choke the shit out of him. <laughs> what are you doing, putting Preston Smith? You should be calling time fucking out. Mm-hmm. If you see Preston Smith lined up across from seventeen, you're giving away. I, I mean, think I, d- I don't think it matters who's playing quarterback at that point. I could complete that pass. He <laughs> yeah. was open by ten yards. I mean, you're not. No, what do you no think is going him. through Devontae's head when he sees that? He had to start laughing. <laughs> he just, had to. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I was just like, what What do you think? Like, how do you just like, tr- I, I, you had to chuckle. He, he has to chuckle at that. And oh. Preston's probably got to be like chuckling, like, what the hell am I doing out here? It you was know, unbelievable. You feel bad for 91 because he gets embarrassed like that, but. A donut has a better yeah. chance in the hands of a fat kid than, <laughs> you know. Jeez. <laughs> Wow. God, that was terrible. Yeah. And and that's not a knock on Preston Smith. He, but you're not taking a defensive end. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, that so that one obviously just like overshadows. I think the entire performance. That and the fact that you know on our our D, we're covering wide receivers. We're in the end zone 
10 yards off the line of scrimmage and giving yeah. him a touchdown. I mean, you know, there's one defensive player that I think is is playing really well this season, but it's gone under the radar. And I think that's Rasul Douglas. He's playing really well. Mm-hmm. I, I think he, you know, we talk about Jair, and rightfully so, and all that. And if you're a believer in pro football focus, his grades have been up there this year. But I think he is quietly having a very solid year. He was on 17 a lot the other night. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. You know, He so seems I, like he's the best tackler in a secondary. Yeah, he's doing really well. So is, I like Jerome Ford, too. He's playing. Mm-hmm. Jerome Ford. I just was re- referencing a Rudy Ford. I was referencing <laughs> the running back from the from the Browns. So I, I, the Browns? What? What, what, yeah. what? Well, your head's all over the place. It play. is all. It's early, Jeez, man. Louise, man. I don't know. Well, I was I was checking my fantasy football oh, lineups God, the other night, and I've got yeah. Ford in one of my lineups as a running okay. back. So I, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Rudy, Rudy Ford. Rudy. I will say, the thing that bugs me about Rudy Ford, that pick, it sure looked like it should have been a pick six. I know I'm nitpicking on an interception. <laughs> But it looked, I was like, I rewatched that thing many, how many times? It's like, did he just run into that guy? Because he gets by that guy, it's Jimmy G, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, I got pissed after that because going back to the off, that's where I did, I don't trust the offense. Like, I didn't trust him to score uh, after that pick six. So I'm just like, why could it just gave me flashbacks of the NFC Championship game and Morgan Burnett sliding down sort of thing? I'm like, <laughs> just keep going, you know, but I know. You know what bugs me about him? Is he's? Well, I shouldn't say it bugs me, but tell me he doesn't look old school with those freaking shoulder pads. For, yeah, should be on a, it, He Jesus. looks like Michael Keaton and Batman, not able to turn <laughs> his neck around for crying out loud. It's like stiff out there. Michael Keaton and Batman, I love it. <laughs> he can ball though. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, he is. He is. He's doing really well. I just don't get it with the big shoulder pads like that. That looks yeah good mm-hmm. for him. <clears throat> Excuse me. So back to the offense. What the you know. Kind of talked a little bit or alluded to it uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, Kurt Benkert, uh, if anybody doesn't uh, follow him on Twitter or you don't, uh, or X or whatever, I still call as long as it's Twitter.com, I'm still calling it Twitter. So I, I don't care about the whole X thing or whatever. So, how many people have ever opened it up in their browser to see what it says? I don't want to. Have you done that recently? Nope. Has it changed? Well, like t- Twitter.com? Yeah. Yeah, I got it right here. It says Twitter.com. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you do open the well. Yeah. I suppose you don't do it on your phone when you're no. Well, you get in the, the app. Yeah. Why? What are you getting at? Nothing. I just didn't know. Oh, okay. I haven't looked. At it. Right, as like, long what? as it's Twitter.com, it's not the X for Dan. Yeah, it's Twitter.com. So it's no different. I mean, it's like I say, it's Miller Park. Yeah, or San Diego Chargers. Yeah, I still say that. Do you? Oh. I I don't say it as much as everybody else, but I still view it San Diego. But they're not in San Diego anymore. Mm-hmm. I know, but it just, it's I like Twitter. It. It's its not Twitter anymore for, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, we're going down a tangent, so. Uh, like the Braves. He's, <laughs> they're still the Milwaukee Braves, right? Uh-huh. Bob would say that. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he would. Uh, so back to, to Kurt Benkert. Um, former Packer, backup quarterback, third stringer. Was it a couple years ago already? Yep. Probably. Um, Got to take a knee. Yeah. Got $10,000 for that, by the way. He did. Um, but he uh, had some interest. So he... Uh, Post some videos and, and he's kind of a you know talks about uh, obviously a lot of Green Bay stuff and out there, but he had some interesting comments. Uh, sounds like him and Matt Lafleur never really got along, kind of butted heads, and he yep. explained. And we don't necessarily have to go down, but it just seemed like he was kind of referring to you know like different personalities, like a personality clash with whatever. But I and if you follow him, he's got an awesome personality. The dude's mm-hmm. freaking cool. Well, he's you know he's a gamer. 
Yep. You know, he's online, and if uh, Matt Lafleur does seem like the serious type, sort of, you know, straight and narrow. Yep. Uh, no drama. I'm not saying Quebec or drama or anything like that, but um, the the thing that kind of stood out to me, I think, in that whole thing is where he did say the offense is outdated. Yes. And that to me goes back to my issues or frustrations what we were just talking about a little bit earlier like it just looks vanilla and all that and like why does it not look like those other teams we mentioned and again i know it's not necessarily a fair comparison because of the talent on those teams but you've got a guy who was in the system a couple years ago saying it's outdated and and kurt and i don't know if you saw this one because i it just popped up to to me here because i went to his profile here but uh, because he did go with the 49ers after Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had said, someone asked me what stuck out the most about Shanahan to you in regards to his time with the 49ers. Learning. Uh, he said, one, he's a learner, and his willingness to accept that he doesn't have all the answers was glaring. He also would go to the ends of the earth each week to find the answers for the week's game plan. With him, whether you agreed with his opinion or not, he wanted to hear all perspectives and ultimately, you knew at the end he had reasoning behind every decision he came to as to why a play was in that week and the style of play that the game needed to have the highest uh, chance of winning. Um, I'll just kind of paraphrase some of that. Number two, he can flip the switch from being a dude to a coach like the best of them. I wasn't expecting to see that dude of him, but it was a cool surprise. Uh, there's no wonder why his guys play so hard week in and week out. Uh, there's more than that. But all in all, in all, there's no surprise with how they uh, are run from the inside, why their sustained success looks the way they do. Again, I, you can read the whole thing over there. But I was kind of curious, too, so I'm glad you kind of followed up on that, too, where somebody asked him, you know, the, the Shanahan. Because I know when, when LeFleur was first hired, the joke was he was a McVay friend, but he was more of a Shanahan disciple than, than a Sean McVay. Right. So you, I always thought it would be more of a Shanahan style, and I don't think we've gotten that yet no at this point we got three wide receivers within five yards of each other on a route tree it's i don't know i it's cool to hear this stuff from the inside Mm -hmm. and if you read as a initial post for people that might go out and look for it now is uh he he talks about um being in a room with aaron Rodgers, and you don't keep your mouth shut in a Mm -hmm. room with aaron Rodgers. you have to give your opinion you talk about the place and so he did, and a lot of times they conflicted with Lafleur, and to me that makes and Lafleur didn't like that. Mm-hmm. What bothers me about that, and and I look at it like because in my in my line of work, it it sounds like he doesn't like to be challenged. He doesn't like challenge, um, which means it's his perspective or no other perspective. And and how do you grow that way? Which surprises me because I don't know if you listen to the podcast play callers. I have. Where they talked about when, like, Shanahan was the offensive coordinator and you had, you know, LaFleur, McVay. And there was a point in there where they talked about, like, if you had an idea that you wanted to co- go, up, go up to Shanahan with, Shanahan would quiz you just to make sure that you covered all the bases, essentially. Like, why should we do this? What's the benefit? You know, yep. like, not just bringing a play in that, but to quiz you on there. So that surprises me that if he is like that, that's not how it was when he was coming up in the system, right. essentially. You know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at there? Yep. And I don't know what would have changed after that. And is it just because it's a first-time head coach that you see, like, managers and maybe businesses where they don't – they micromanage everything mm-hmm. and they take everything on themselves instead of 
you know, maybe kind of spreading the wealth a little bit. Yeah. You know, and the other aspect of it, too, and, and you touched on it with the first-time head coaches, is, is <clears throat> a lot of, the, like, Shanahan, all these guys taking on, they're young, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, Lafleur has a lot to learn, and maybe part and of Shanahan this... was an offensive coordinator for how many teams before he got his first head coaching job? Exactly. Lafleur was two. Two years total, yep. offensive coordinator. And what... And he, he didn't have a bunch of success either. Right. Rams, so. he didn't call plays. Then he goes to the Titans, and then he's head coach. Right. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. I it it that, that bums surprising. me out. It, that bums me out hearing that stuff because I had high hopes. I still have high hopes. I see these teams doing that, and that's what I want to see. And opening up this season, I think a lot of us expected to quote unquote get the Matt LaFleur style offense, which was supposed to be a similar Shanahan that's style. What I thought we'd see. Yeah, and and that. That bums me out. It bums me out that we haven't seen that. And I expected growing pains and ups and downs. But I still don't feel like we've seen that style of offense. And if it, if Aaron Jones is a huge key into that, and I'm sure he is, I think a big thing then as a coach and a play caller, you got to adapt to it. And I don't think he's yeah, adapting to it. No. And to hear, to hear that the offense is outdated when it's the new style offense right. that's, that's come into the league, yeah. that, that's kind of – Telling, and we're here. We're taking one opinion from one player. Mm-hmm. But current, <clears throat> he wasn't outwardly bashing Lafleur at all. No. He was straight up just saying the differences and what he saw there. So he wasn't mm-hmm. like trying to make. He made Lafleur look not look good, but I don't think that was his intent. He no. was explaining his stance on it. So, it, yeah, it is a little disappointing, but hopefully we can start to see growth. When did McDaniel's go to Miami? Do you remember? This is his second year. Okay. Yeah, so it was last year. Yeah. And, boy, has he freaking – that offense – I mean, the creativity. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing creativity. We did not see any of that damn two, you know, two-foot pitch. Yep. They just let Dylan It was old-school football, just, yeah. you know, Jordan Love under center, getting a little bit of a head start for, for Love there – or uh, for, for A.J. and essentially going up the middle. Yep. The whole time, grinding it out. Uh, no, I, I don't think any other. I don't think you could do that with with an Aaron Jones style. You need a bigger back if you're going to run that 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 style of right. of offense there. But you know, even even like you know, kind of going like McDaniel and McVay and, and and Shanahan. Again, we're on the outside. We're watching this. We, we we're not inside the building. And and to be fair, you know, Lafleur has gotten a lot of pra- heck. Even Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't know if you just saw what he said on Pat McAfee. I do think it's really cool. Aaron Rodgers still follows. What the Packers are doing oh, yeah. and, and sending a text to Jordan, you know, after the game, saying, "Hey, you know, you know, trying to coach him along, uh, yep. essentially." So I give props for Aaron. He doesn't have to do that. He's on a different team. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't have to be doing that. So I do give him props for still kind of keeping tabs and 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 that sort of stuff. So I I I know he didn't go down deep. He, he kind of made a comment. He's like, "I know, you know, that style of offense or what they're trying to do." So I kind of knew what was going on there. So I I appreciate hearing those points of view from Aaron just to kind of get a, a little bit of a background there. But well, I guess where I'm going is, is you know, Aaron has spoken glowingly about LaFleur, you know, his relationship. That, um, you know, we've heard good things about LaFleur and that. But when I look at it from a TV or at the game, McDaniel, Shanahan, McVay compared to LaFleur, those three bring like a swagger to them. You know, when we when you talk about maybe leadership, right? You know, they they bring a little bit of a swagger, a little bit of an edge to them. Shanahan, 
kind of brings this intensity. It seems like you you look at the guy, and you're like, that dude's intense, but he just he he exudes that almost a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, especially when he's calling a game on offense. Yep. McVeigh, we know, is high energy. You know, extreme. And then you got McDaniel, who's just, I think, has got the most swag out of all those guys. He's the swaggiest geek I've ever seen. Right? (laughs) But the guys buy into it. They do. And you listen to his pressers and and all that, and he's got a dry sense of humor. But I think they feed off that. And and maybe LaFleur's different behind the scenes. And, and, you know, I even, I remember Rich Passaccio, you know, saying he's been learning a lot from LaFleur last year, which I think is, you know, good stuff. But, and maybe it's just stuff we don't see, but. You know, I see those three guys, and then I see Lafleur, and it's like, I want my coach to have a little bit more swag, almost yeah, he, a little. He bit. doesn't have that big persona to him. Yeah, you and know, I don't know if you need it, but players feed off that shit. I man. do. There, I do think they do. They do. You know, it's it's one of those. You know, Dan Campbell. I'm not asking Lafleur to be like a Dan Campbell to be. You know, that not everybody can be like a Dan Campbell. Right. You know, with, with that, and with something like that too, with that type of mindset, I think if you're not winning, it could grow old really quick. And last year, let's face it, there was talk Campbell was going to get fired halfway through the season. Yeah, but then it, it flipped around, you know, and those players buy into it. So I don't know if it's the the emotion or 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 what, but and I want Lafleur to succeed so much. Like I, that's the thing is like all these people calling for him to get fired. I want coaches to succeed. I want your coaches yeah. to succeed. I want Joe Barry to succeed for crying out loud. I want. I'm not rooting for these guys to get fired because I want them to succeed because that means your team is succeeding for crying out loud. Exactly. And and that thing, that bugs me a lot of the times when I see that. And LaFleur's not getting fired. He's got a 700 winning percentage, and you can say, well, that was Aaron Rodgers. It might have been a big part, but he's still not getting fired No, because of that. Especially in Green Bay. They give yeah. everybody so many chances, which LaFleur has given way too many to Joe Barry. Yeah, I mean, the, they played decent this last week against the Raiders. They played good against the Bears. Otherwise, our defense has been shit. The offense isn't isn't growing. Um, and you look back the last few years, if you really think about it, and and I've been, I've always stood behind Lafleur. I thought I like his scheme. I like yeah. the fact I because it isn't predictable. We right. do, I still don't know if they're going to run or pass. I like the way the scheme is supposed to work. But I've been bitching the last three years outside of Devontae Adams, and now even this year, our wide receivers get no separation. There's no – well, okay, the, our wide receivers are talented, and I think they can get open, but is it because of this scheme? Right. Is it because of the route trees that they have? I mean, it, there's something going on because these – you can't tell me that the Christian Watsons, the Romeo Dobbs, you know, all these guys, they, they can't get open. I mean – Right, and the whole – I know I mentioned this the other day, you know, when LeFleur was talking about Love's interceptions. He said, yeah, the first one he essentially threw a linebacker. Then he's like, but, you know, Love gave the, gave his receivers a 50-50 chance. And I'm like, but why can't we make that a better chance? Well, why can't we have a higher percentage than a 50-50? Yeah. And and I look at some of these others, and I'm like, these guys are freaking wide open. Like, why 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 can't we do that? Yep. And then when they we do finally get separation, get open on the last drive, we drop two or three balls, and you know that interception in the end zone. By the way, if Love pulls the trigger quicker on that, that's six. Yeah, but yeah. growing pains. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just got to keep saying we're going to get better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to do it in the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's sports, right? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a live game. So and this conversation bashing Lafleur is easy to have after a loss. You mm-hmm. know, would we be talking like this had had they beat the Raiders? Probably not. No. You know, it's what have you done for me lately? So, 
I just want to see growth. But how long until uh, Lafleur is on the hot seat? Do you think? I think. Well, depending on how this year goes, let's say they win five games or whatever. Maybe like you know, let's put the line at five or fewer. I think you go into next year, and I think a lot's going to depend on how Love looks for the rest of the season too. Um, I think you go into next year with with a question mark, you know, surrounding that. And I don't, again, I don't. Goody and Mark don't want to fire, and that's their guy. You know, right. that's that's who they picked. Yep. So they're going to be a little bit more patient. But I, I think the biggest thing is like, what are we going to see from Love? You know, are are we going to? And I know we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Like, I want to just know by the end of the season, have a good idea that, yep, that's that's the long-term I guy. think it is, man. I'm telling you. You know, because that I go back to 08, that final game, Green Bay sucked that year, 6-10. and 10. They beat, you know, a winless Lions team, which Joe Barry was a defensive coordinator for that team. Mm-hmm. Great and, defensive coordinator. Yeah, and I was, so glad we hired him. I, I was at that game, and we were by the tunnel. Our seats were by the tunnel. And, and I know Aaron's talked about this as being one of his favorite moments. He was the last guy off the field because he was doing TV interviews. But, like, the majority of the stadium still stayed in and gave him a standing ovation as he's running off the field. And he said that's when he knew that, you know, he was kind of welcomed. And I think that was also the feeling for a lot of fans, like, okay, this is our new quarterback. You know, it was kind of like a show-it type of year for him. That's what I want to see from Love this year. When Mm -hmm. we get to that final game, if it's Chicago, if they don't go to the playoffs, you know, Chicago the final right, I just want to know if Love is that guy. That's that's what I want to see. If we go into, you know, it's it's a final game and we still don't know, we got issues then. Mm-hmm. We we got issues, and then it changes the whole draft process at that point too. I just I I, I want that answer. And right now, I, I I'll be honest, I don't know. I think we got so excited after week one that we set that bar then high, and now we're just like, what the hell's going on with him? Yeah, I, I'm still confident with him, man. I have been since the beginning. So. I think, I think that last drive, it, it, he never got rattled the whole game. That's the biggest thing I've noticed from him. Yeah, he seems really calm, cool, and collected. And he made, he made so many good throws, and, and we dropped a number of them. Yep. And that last ball to to Watson that got picked, it was a fifty fifty ball. He wants his guy to get it, and I forget who picked it, but. Was it Peters? I can't remember. But I, don't they, a, I don't know if it was Peters or not. But they, yeah, they did push. He did push off Watson. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have easily called DPI on that, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And I think and Watson probably could have got bigger. Yep. You know, but, a little bit more aggressive. But. I I think Love. He's gonna make mistakes. It's his first year. Rogers made mistakes in his uh-huh. first year, and that's the other thing. People have to stop fucking comparing him to Rogers because he's never gonna be Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He's got no chance to ever be Aaron Rodgers. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think. We just want to see growth. You look at a guy like Brock Purdy in the, you know, the Shanahan system, right? That's the other thing that bugs me is that they could take the literally the last pick in the draft last year. Yep. And he's like an MVP candidate right now. But if you look at him, like, and and go back to Kurt Benkert because he breaks down quarterbacks and he's breaking down Purdy, and I think he posted one yesterday showing the different throws he's making. It that's mm-hmm. not due to Shanahan's system; it's due to him being a baller. Mm-hmm. But. um you look at a guy like Purdy, and, and he's just got it. And I think Love has those capabilities. I really do. He he made a lot of good getting mm-hmm. out of the pocket. And let's let's be honest. I mean, I remember I texted into your show last week. I think I said if you know Max Crosby doesn't touch ten times or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and Max Crosby was Crosby yeah. just an 
animal. Mm-hmm. God, he's a game wrecker. Mm-hmm. The, the guy's phenomenal. I mean, it just absolutely. It changes what you want to do on offense when you've got a guy who's just dominating your offensive line. You put a normal defensive end in that position, and Green Bay wins by two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But Crosby changed the game, so Love had to get out of there quick. He had to throw it quick, you know. And he's not a guy who, I mean, they were moving him around, you know, stunts up the middle, left side, right side, so you couldn't always just essentially account for him. You, you know, if he's a guy that's always going to continue to line up on the left side, yeah, you can always put an extra tight end over there for a chip. Yep. But the Raiders, you got to give credit to where credit's due to. They were moving him around. So he was, they did. as Kevin Green would like to say, affecting affecting games. He was affecting games. And he was a bully. Yeah. Did you see how bad he blasted Zach Tom? Yeah. I mean, just freaking <laughs> blast him, and Zach Tom had to do a belly flop on a person. <laughs> Still that not was... the best flopper since Vladi Divac back in the day. <laughs> Academy Award goes to God. That was beautiful, and it drew the flag. I was, was like, Jesus awesome. Christ! It's turned into freaking Major League Soccer. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> hey, it, it worked. It worked. It man. was. It was great. I loved it. Uh, so one thing, because we got to start to to wrap it up here, man. One thing that uh, you and I are going to kind of do. So you, I've given you homework assignments. Uh, we're going to go after artificial intelligence. Yep. So, because that's like the new. Th- phase for everybody mm-hmm. out there chat gpt or whatever uh they'll you probably see it on facebook or instagram or twitter you know chat gpt says this is the top five whatever whatever do you agree you know sort of thing so we're going to debate computers but like c-bomb is uh coming up with the questions i am so we're going to do one for today only one just one so you can save the other ones. Does it? Ha- do you want it to be sports related? It does not have to be sports related. Good, because I got one that I think I know you who your number one is for sure. Okay. So, well, you tell me the question because I have it up. Okay. So I will. What in the heck is this thing called? Chat GPT. GP. I'm gonna put this in my notes here. Today. <laughs> Chat GPT. So because I have an account, it's free, but you can sign up for it. So because I've played around with it before in the past, you know, saying, "Hey, who are your top ten? Or what are the top 10 NFL wide receivers in history? And, you know, they'll go on and give their reasons and that sort of thing. Well, so. you can't have that pulled up and then. No, I don't have it. I'm just giving an example, you know, that okay. sort of stuff. So. Because I'm going to ask you a, a question because. Well, we you got you to ask me so I can type it in. Okay. Name the top five mythical creatures. Oh, God. I want to know. I want. I know who your number one is, but I want to hear all your top five. <laughs> Uh, okay, because uh, I've seen there's pop-up right now. So I typed it in the the exact way you told me. Well, do you want me to give them your answer, or do you want me to give you their answers first? Yeah. So their answer, mythical creatures vary across different cultures and traditions, so there's no definitive top five list. However, here are five well-known mythical creatures from various cultures. Number one, a dragon. Number two, phoenix. Number three, unicorn. Number four, kraken. Like my hockey team, Ooh, Seattle Kraken. What did that's like a water creature, ain't it? It's like an octopus. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, you ever watch Pirates of the Caribbean? Yep. That the second one. Okay. That that's that's Kraken, the big old octopus there. Uh, and then five a griffin. Uh, a griffin fuck is a griffin. A mythical creature with the body of a lion and the head of an eagle. What the hell? I, I've never heard that. Bigfoot's before. not on there. No. So this let me let I think you might have used GPT's garbage. Let me let me let me change mythical and okay. put crypto like the the crypto cryptology. Okay. Top five. I think that's. Let's see if that comes up here. Like a the body bit. of a lion head in a vehicle. This one works well. 
This one, yeah. Okay. So, okay. I, the cryptids. Cryptids are creatures that are the subject of folklore, but their existence has not been scientifically proven. Here are five well-known cryptids. Ooh, better. That's great. So, you're welcome. What the fuck is it called? Cryptids? Cryptids. cryptids. Not like crypto, the currency, cryptids. Crypt. Yeah. Never but knew. it's kind of spelled the same way. C-R-Y. Crypt. Yeah. One, Bigfoot. Ooh. Okay. Uh, two, Loch Ness Monster. Three, yeah. Chupacabra. Don't know what that is. You don't know what chupacabra is? It's like a dog uh, that's like a vampire dog that sucks the blood out of like chickens and all that sort of stuff. Down in like that one's been actually close to being proven. There's been legit stuff out there. I was gonna say, you just it's like a hairless like, dog. It's like a hairless dog. Go down to like Arkansas and shit, you find them all. <laughs> uh, four Mothman, five Mothman. Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil. What the fuck are those? You don't. Oh, I could probably give you some good background on it. Yeah, we're gonna Mothman. You don't know what the Mothman is? No. What the hell's a Mothman? So the Mothman. It was uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It started off way back, Good Lord, like in the seventies. Like uh, a bridge collapsed and some people died, but there was like this before that sightings of a Mothman because there used to be like a nuclear army site there. So there was like people saying they saw this winged creature flying around, size of a man, red eyes. And then when the bridge collapsed, it's like viewed as bad luck. He was spotted before then, sort of stuff. So Richard oh. Gere made a movie movie about it, Mothman Prophecies. It's a good movie. I'll have to check that out. Check that out. Jersey Devil's kind of the same thing. Kind of like a um, like a, a horse head and wings and all that sort of stuff. So it looks like a devil. Jersey Devil sort okay. of thing. So hockey team. New Jersey Devils. Yeah, hockey team over there. So. Got it. This is actually a solid list. This is actually a very solid list. <laughs> You're uh, just happy because Bigfoot's number one. Well, Bigfoot is number one. I was at somewhere yes, uh, last week, and it was <laughs> – Somebody it was like a, it was a business and they were trying to make conversation. Very random. It was I was with uh, my wife in Hudson and she's like, "You guys have any good conspiracy theories?" And Veronica instantly turns to me and I said, "Bigfoot's real." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bigfoot's number one. I'm gonna adjust it here a little bit. I'll put aliens too. Aliens. That thing, that, that that phase is really starting to come out. It kind of creeps me out now. That we might actually have aliens and UFOs flying around. There's a, there's a new documentary on Netflix, Encounters. Encounters. Yeah. I'll watch it. Uh, I, I think there's aliens. Uh, Ooh, we could have a whole conversation on aliens. Oh, it it kind of actually freaks me out, man. Yeah. I mean, they've got this technology that's, you know, now you got these, like, uh, like uh, Navy radar pilots saying they've seen stuff, and now they're releasing all that, and it's, like, faster than anything we've got. Yeah, I've seen some of that. Yeah, and that kind of freaks me out, man. And <laughs> I heard this story before, but in this documentary, they actually talked to some of the people that were involved. So it was like in uh, it was in Africa, Zimbabwe, I think. A UFO showed up during recess at a school, and these kids were like 60 kids witnessed it. And I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. But then they saw this creature, guy in a, like a black tight suit. And kind of like speaking to him telepathically. And so these kids are adults now, but they're, re, you know, kind of revisiting that. And they all said the same thing. Like telepathically, this this creature told them that you're ruining the world. Like soil, water, all that sort of stuff. You're ruining it. And 60 kids saw this at recess. This big shiny ship on the ground and this creature standing there. And what makes it even weirder... The headmistress, because they got, like, headmistresses or whatever, like, headmaster. 
she said like shortly after that she was visited three times one she was like taken for experiments two she was asked if she wanted to come with Ooh. third time would you go with no third time <laughs> she was asked you know we're leaving now but do you want to come with and she said no but it was just like they're revisiting you know their experiences like i can't like that's that shit freaks me out that's fun that's cool stuff it's cool but it's creepy it is a little creepy yeah so aliens two aliens are at two uh bigfoot aliens bigfoot aliens i'm not big on loch ness monster i used to be no. but here's my thing if it's in if it's in the net loch ness of scotland yes it's a deep lake but they've done radar that thing it's confined into an area it's not like leaking out into the ocean it's confined and if you if you can't find it in that confined area it's not there it's not there it's not there so like i've never. i've I've kind of wiped off Loch Ness Monster. It. Yeah, exactly. It's gone. Uh, Chupacabra, I think, is real, and that's already kind of been out there. So it's like, no, nah, it's, it's a hairless dog sort of thing. Yeah. Arkansas. <laughs> I think you're thinking of a Razorback, right? Woo Pig Suey. Woo Isn't pig, that? Yeah. yeah, yeah sort of thing like that. Um, can I go like... Uh... Shout out Little Rock, Arkansas. I have to go there for work often. Do you? Yeah. They're um, great people down there. Boy, now you're putting me on the spot with this one. I'm not putting ghosts on here because that doesn't. Ghosts follow. are awesome. Yeah, but well, I, I, as I long as they're not in your yeah. house, <laughs> <laughs> I don't put them in this category. Um, boy, there's like there's like folklore around here, like a Wendigo. It's called. It's like Jesus. a Native American okay. sort of thing. I'd probably put that on there because that's creepy as hell. Um, you know Chad Lewis. Yeah, I know Chad Lewis. He is big into that. He's written books about Wendigo. So, yeah, go you should look that up. That's a, it's a Native American lore. I'd like to get Chad Lewis to take us on a tour of some of these haunted places. Do you know him like personally or? I did back in the day. I I mean, you I haven't him seen him in years. I will. I'll send him a message. Mm -hmm. So, I'll go that. I'm not a big believer in Mothman. I mean, come on, a guy flying around. It sounds like the movie Jeepers Creepers. Have you ever seen that oh, movie? Good gravy, <laughs> Jeepers! If if I see the title says Jeepers Creepers, let's get the head. No, I'm not watching it. Have you seen it though? No. Oh, okay. That's literally a winged guy flying around and kills people. Oh, nice. Jeepers Eats Creepers. their bodies parts, and then that body part turns into him. So like, if he needs a pair of a pair of eyes, he'll take that person's eyes and oh, put it in that's him. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, sort of thing. So, um, gosh, after that, like I I I've tempered down on my cryptids 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 i learned a new there. word today yeah. my day is done I bigfoot go, go to bed bigfoot would i put number two aliens yep would i put number three? Oh, wendigo wendigo I'll, i'm gonna just leave it at three there okay it's kind of folklorish there have you ever gone searching for bigfoot <sighs> no where does bigfoot reside in your opinion northern wisconsin pacific by northwest jack Lakes. he's not jack Lakes jerky not up by well, my could own. be but Hey, there were some reports about Bigfoot around here. Yeah. Rice Lake's got a famous one from the 70s or 80s. Yeah, her name's Peggy. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> what did you say? Rice Lake? Rice Lake, yes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Google it. I will. The power of Google. There's old stories back in, like, Eau Claire, like early 1900s. The Water Street Snake. Like, apparently it was this huge snake on Water Street. 
that would just torment people and actually talk to people. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was like this water, like this huge snake, and I'm like, so it was Water Street, early 1900s, kind of like what it is now? You got like a, <laughs> you know, just a creeper. And like there's reports like they found it slithering up a telephone pole or something like that, but yeah. Ugh. I'm just like, where the hell did that shit come from like in the early 1900s and 1800s? Like a snake talking to you. Yeah, they might have been on some peyote or something. Something. Back yeah. But it's kind of weird. That is weird. Really weird. Interesting stuff. Bigfoot. You should reach out to Chad, though. I will. Chad, Chad, reach out to Chad. I'll try. I want to go ghost hunting or Bigfoot hunting or something like that. I just don't want to bring anything back. What if it's like, uh, what? what's the movie where the the soul can jump from one body to the next? It was an awesome movie. The Exorcist? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was like Morgan Freeman, I think, does the voice of the... I got to look. Bruce it, Almighty? No, no, no. <laughs> it's where... I can't remember. It's an older movie, and it's freaking amazing. I can't... I'm drawing a blank because I'm terrible. Unlike you, I cannot remember movie names. Yeah. But it's like... It starts out... Maybe it wasn't Morgan Freeman. It starts out saying, I'll tell you about the time I almost died, and he's... Coming from the point of the this okay. demon, like that, if if its host is killed, it's got like sixty seconds or thirty seconds to get into another living creature and mm. take that body over. I can't remember what it was, but I just I so I did chat GPT really quick because we got to wrap it up here. Urban Legends number one was Slender Man, which is a Wisconsin thing. Ooh, interesting. Remember the Slender Man one? Yeah, with the, with the girls. You should do top five serial killers because I wonder if Ed Gein, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, all these. Do you do you get into that with the serial killer documentary shows and all that? I like watching them. I've watched a couple of them. Yeah. It's pretty cool. My soon to be father in law, he was explaining to me the the Ed Gein one. He he's watches Netflix, all different shows mm-hmm. all the time. But yeah, um, I want to see the Ed Gein one though. Th- yeah, that one's I do that one's on uh, AMC Plus or something like that. Or MGM. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Ted Bundy. Yep. John Wayne Gacy. Aline Warnos. She's a, one of the, a female. Ooh. Never heard of her. Jeffrey Dahmer. And then Richard Ramirez. Yeah, that one. There's a there's a Netflix one on Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Night Stalker. That one's creepy. What is wrong with people? I don't you know. know. And yeah. why do we, like, listen? Like, I just listened to a podcast about Ted Bundy the other day. Like, why do I get into it? I think it's probably my personality, like, of, like, why. Yeah, that's I want to know the why. Yeah, me too. Yeah, why like, are these people so fucked in the heads? That's what you mean. Right. It's like, yeah, what the hell? Exactly. So, all right, C-Bomb, appreciate stuff, it. we got to let you go um, because we're already at 45 minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. You got it, man.